Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today is Daniel McAdams, our co-host. Daniel, good to see you. Happy Monday, Dr. Paul. How are good. you? It is a happy Monday. Yes. Ready, ready to go. Springtime is here. How's your garden doing? Tomato planting time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm waiting for my fresh tomato, my bacon tomato, and lettuce sandwich. <laughs> yeah. Those are great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, except, you know, that sandwich cost has just gone up. You know, bacon know. is one of the most expensive things you can buy. Half a sandwich now. <laughs> but uh, I'm still going to eat bacon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like that. Today, we're going to talk about something we've talked about before. It would, uh, you, you know, we don't go out of, out of our way to promote Rand. Mainly because he doesn't need to, yeah. <laughs> because we don't want to hurt him, you uh -huh. know. But anyway, he's in the news again. Of course, he's been in the news a whole lot on uh, natural immunity, and, and that's and that's pretty good. And I think he's had an, a, a confrontation or two uh, with Fauci, challenging yeah. him on it. And uh, he really has uh, unnerved Fauci at times. But maybe today uh, Fauci is even more unnerved because of a revelation that has been made of a statement that uh, that uh, Fauci made long time ago. It doesn't even look like him. He looks so young. Yeah. But he was a more honest person at that time and immediately ran recognized that. So he, he he made a point about this. This was this was who knows what year that uh, Fauci was doing this. But he probably wasn't the highest paid bureaucrat <laughs> in the history of mankind when he did this thing. But he was presenting the case uh, for what uh, is reality about immunization natural and uh rand says once upon a time anthony fauci could tell the truth about natural immunity now that that's a headline but yeah. breitbart has that out there quoting rand on that and that is that is truth you hear the truth and you can get pretty excited about that but uh there's more and more people now i love the stories uh when <laughs> this this one doesn't fit i like it when the radical leftists sees the light and they're honest enough with themselves and us and they will actually speak out this case unfortunately yeah. this, this guy went in the wrong direction <laughs> but uh, I, I think it's fascinating that to uh, consider why do they do it? Why do they think this? Who influenced them? What was the motivation? I can think of some other talk show hosts on CNBC that used to be very, very conservative and now very, very, yeah. very liberal. So why why do they switch like that? Some people said it can be explained in, uh, in money. Of course, uh, Fauci, that's been involved in money. I bet he didn't know Bill Gates when he gave this speech, yeah. this first speech. Yeah. But anyway, interesting stuff, and and uh, I think it's another victory for uh, people coming to hear the truth told about this controversy, which should not be a controversy over natural immunity. Yeah, and one of the things we've been talking about over the past couple of weeks, there's been so much emphasis on this war, and of course the media is all over it. 24-7, everything above the fold is about the war. But while that's happening, a lot of things are a little escaping under the radar, little things uh, that are chipping away at the COVID narrative under the radar. And, you know, we would ask the indulgence of our viewers to bring some of these forward. And this is a big one. This is a big one because for two years, you know, Dr. Paul, Fauci pretended like he'd never heard the term natural immunity. What are you talking about? You could be talking in Chinese to him. He would have no idea. Well. This is October in 2004, and Fauci, actually, believe it or not, he was still in the same job then. He's, he's, he's a lifer. <laughs> Boy. But here he is on C-SPAN talking, and now this context was the flu, all right, but the concept 
is the same. And I say that for a reason that I'll say after we play this clip. But let's play that. Let's play the whole clip here and listen to Fauci. Uh, but she's had the flu for 14 days. Should she get a flu shot? Well, no. If she got the flu for 14 days, she's as protected as anybody can be because the best vaccination is to get infected yourself. And so she should if not she get it? If she really has the flu, if she really has the flu, she definitely doesn't need a flu vaccine. Next, if she really has the flu. She right. should not get it again. No, she day. doesn't need it because the, it, it's, the be, it's the most potent vaccination is getting infected yourself. Now, the naysayers, there was a fact check that said, well, this is taken out of context and this is. But the fact is, there is a quote in there and you have it right in front of you. The most potent vaccination is getting infected yourself. He's talking about viruses. Isn't it amazing how this can go about? And uh, and we're shocked to hear the truth, you know, like this. And they've gotten away with this. And yet, uh, you know, know, there's going to be a lot of people vindicated by this because People lost their jobs and he got ridiculed and all kinds of yeah. things for taking a different position. But the whole thing was nuts, you know. And uh, so, so in, in one way, uh, you have to give uh, Gates uh, accidental uh, blurting out the truth, too, because he, his tone has changed, too. And I don't know whether he's worried about his longtime <laughs> reputation or what, but uh, this, is, this, to me, is really amazing. I think it, it should be uh, considered a real victory in the sense that uh, people, uh, you know, shouldn't be so dismissive of people who aren't towing the line and following the propaganda of the government. You think in in America more people would be alert uh, to the propaganda, uh, and yet when you ask generic questions about do you fully trust everything the government tells you, (laughs) they don't. But when it's an individual thing, whether it has to do with war overseas or war at home, uh, they can be easily intimidated and become fearful. And this is the thing that gets a little irritating, and it's also, you know, can almost make you a little bit angry. If we had said what Fauci said six months ago, ten months ago, a year ago, we would have been canceled. A lot of people, as you say, they were canceled, they were fired, they were shunned from the social media. And now you dig back a little bit in the past, and he's saying it himself. Someone needs to ask him, maybe Senator Paul will ask him in the next hearing, when and why did you change your view on natural immunity as from this quote in 2004 until you pretended for two years like you had never heard of it? Why did you change your view? And he might say, well, this is a whole different thing. This is a whole different uh, enchilada, whatever. No, he should, be, he should be, you know, they should pin him down and say, look, you pretended you never heard of the term. Now we find out that you thought it was the best thing since sliced bread, and you're probably right. So what happened? Was it about... Payola? Was it about money? What was it? You know, and Gates referring to this incident, he says, the science has vindicated this theory, you know, about natural immunity. Quote, the virus itself, particularly the variant uh, called Omicron, is a type of vaccine. Well, <laughs> you know, yeah, it, that's, that's what has been known. I wonder when, how long it's been known. It isn't like 50 years or 100 yeah. years. Hundreds of years they knew about, uh, you know, uh, people getting diseases and being immune and, and uh, being protected and, and this sort of thing. That's how the whole idea to develop a vaccine is they first observed it in nature. Uh, and then they, in, in recent uh, years and recent decades, they've gone overboard uh, with the artificial vaccinations. And uh, they certainly should never be outlawed. And I believe some good comes from vaccines. But this whole thing of uh, destroying 
the best vaccine that possible, and now they're admitting it, is natural immunity. We can't allow that to happen. We have to stamp that out. And we're in charge. We're the truth tellers. We, uh, we are the protector of truth. And that's why that the propaganda continues, you know, to tell people what they have to believe. And then it affects a lot of things. It, not only does it affect the health problems, uh, like for the kids and all, but it affects the social order. You know, how, how many people become upset over this and, and you know, or losing jobs and yeah. didn't get to go to the church one week and kids uh, didn't get to go to athletic events all kinds of ramifications and we mentioned that the other day nobody ever could possibly measure the damage done by the lockdowns by by depending on false information yeah and here's that article we're talking about we'll put the quote up so we can read it too because it's worth a review uh, go to that yeah go to the next one after that this is the first one from Breitbart Senator Paul, and this is from uh, the Epoch Times. Joe Wang did an, uh, an op-ed, Pandemic Lessons Learned, CDC versus Natural Immunity. And we'll put up that Gates quote because it really bears repeat, repeating, Dr. Paul. And this is from the article. Maybe the CDC is like Bill Gates, who said at the Munich Security Conference last month, quote, sadly, the virus itself, particularly the variant called Omicron, is a type of vaccine. That is, it creates both B-cell and T-cell immunity, end quote. And they go on. What he meant was it would be a sad thing, and that's what he said, a sad thing if natural immunity, not Big Pharma's vaccines, were what defeats COVID-19. And then he goes on to say, let the CDC and Mr. Gates feel sad. The rest of us are ready to move on with their lives. I, I think we're making progress. More people now are open-minded uh, to saying, well, maybe there is something like natural immunity. But uh, there, there's, a, 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 there's a big question on whether this might not spread. Because I, I keep thinking that maybe we will have this wonderful uh, explanation and discovery that you can actually define a woman yeah. and why a woman is different than a man. And that, that is real progress. Yeah. But, uh, you know, that whole thing, on the definition of a woman, it really sh strikes my, <laughs> my interest because I keep thinking, wonder what going through OBGYN residency would be like. <laughs> Who are you? What are you? Yeah. <laughs> or what are you today? <laughs> yeah. So it's, uh, it's, it's sort of crazy. And yet, it isn't like somebody had a strange belief. A lot of people have had strange beliefs, but we usually don't, you know, uh, you know, put them on a pedestal. But here we have somebody that believes that science uh, doesn't provide enough information for her to know the difference between a man and a woman. So we put her on the Supreme Court of the United States. I mean, that, that, is, that is just crazy. <laughs> and it's a funny thing, and we all laughed about it with <coughs> Senator Marsha Blackburn, who used to go to your Thursday lunches, by the way, uh, frequently. She was questioning Judge uh, Katanji Brown Jackson in her Supreme Court hearing, and she said, uh, Judge, what's a woman? She said, I don't know, I'm not a biologist. <laughs> and so we're gonna put up this next clip. This is kind of funny. I, I, don't, I have, wasn't familiar with this representative, but it's kind of funny. Bob Good from, North, uh, from New Hampshire, he goes down to the house, <clears throat> excuse me, he goes down to the house floor and he mocks the judge uh, by referring, well, you have the rest of the story, Doctor, uh, Dr. Paul. Yeah, he says, I'm not a doctor, I, I'm not a doctor, and, and thinking the, pers 
The person speaker. Person speaker, not Madam well, I, speaker. I get tongue-tied on all this stuff. Not Madam Speaker. You know, it used to be. You know, it used to be not like you've committed a crime if if you called everybody Mr. Speaker. Yeah. But all of a sudden, you know, you can't do that at all. So it was Madam Speaker, uh, Miss Speaker. But now, now it's person speaker. Person speaker. They had, but you'd think. You'd think this would embarrass them a little yeah. bit, you know, but but they keep plodding along and uh, and making fun of it, and that's that's probably about the best you can do. Yeah. You're not going to change it because uh, there's a. It's amazing how powerful and influential the wokeism people are. You know, uh, they they have so much control, and each you know as as it becomes evident that the whole thing's nutty. Uh, you'd, you'd think they'd be backing off, but there's still a lot of people. I mean, how about Disney? Yeah. yeah, I mean that—that that to me is that—that uh, uh, that has awakened some parents a little bit. You yeah. know what's going on there because there's—they—they've probably been sneaking it in for decades, but now everybody knows what what their goal really is in life. You yeah. know, uh, promoting that wokeism stuff. It's very sick, very sick. Well, our last story of the day is—is is a good news story. We need one after all this stuff. <laughs> And I think it's a good news story because I find this person fascinating. We talked about him before the show. I'm sure he's not perfect. I'm not an expert on him, but he is very colorful. Let's put up that next clip. Elon Musk buys 9.2% of Twitter amid complaints about free speech. And I think the prices went up. The share, uh, share prices went up quite a bit when he, he put in several billion dollars, right? 26 percent. 26 percent. That's that's a big increase. How come he didn't call us and tell us? <laughs> Tip us off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, it's fascinating because here's here's how it uh, teed up, Dr. Paul. This was uh, over the past few days. Musk has been sort of hinting uh, through his tweets. Uh, let's put this up. Here he is. He does a um, he does a poll on March 25th. Free speech is essential to a functioning democracy. Do you believe Twitter? rigorously adheres to this principle. A whopping 70.4% said no. And he said the consequences of this poll will be important. Please vote carefully. And then after this poll, let's do the next one. Everyone says they don't adhere to it. And he says, given that Twitter serves as a de facto public town square, failing to adhere to free speech principles fundamentally undermines democracy. What should be done? And I saw this tweet when it came out. A lot of people said, buy Twitter, buy Twitter. <laughs> Tons of people said that. And he, he bought a big chunk of it That's afterwards. Right. But, you know, the test is going to be because tw Twitter and Trump had a little conflict yeah, there. Yeah. And, and I thought this was pretty amazing in a country that brags about freedom of speech. And they have a president who's not allowed to use a, a, a public platform. Yeah. And so they kicked him off and that was no big deal but the big question now because this is advertised and, and this this uh, the best thing he could do to help is is uh, help sort out the private property thing yeah because uh, there's with, with what he says there and it's going to be protection of free speech there there's at least a uh, uh, a statement there uh, of a contract with the people that he that he's uh, you know you know serving we yeah. you know with uh, with their Twitter platform but but that is uh, so. I don't know what uh, what he'll do with Trump, but he that to me would be a neat little test yeah. to let Trump go back on that. Well, you know what? 
If if his stock went up twenty six percent, it'd probably go up another twenty six percent. That's true. If uh, if Trump can go back on it, <laughs> the one thing they say is that he does tend to take an active role in companies that he buys a portion of. So if this was if this is what's on his mind, I think it's very good news. I think people on the left and the right that have been banned, I wouldn't mind having at Daniel L. McAdams returned. <laughs> you know, as you know, I was kicked off in twenty nineteen for a very very minor infraction. In fact, I told the truth, um, but. The, uh, of course, they're going to say to you, oh, Ron, it's private. You can't say that. Well, as we've been saying for years, they're doing the bidding of the government. That's but here's a little, Yeah, but here's a little insight into Musk. And this is when the, uh, the uh, this is back early in March after the war broke out. He said, Starlink has been told by some governments, not Ukraine, to block Russian news sources. We will not do so unless at gunpoint. Sorry to be a free speech absolutist. And that says a lot about where his thinking is that he's not going to be bullied around into selecting who gets to talk and who doesn't get to talk. And here's a bro- kind of a broader context. So after all this took place, but just before he bought the stock, here's an interesting tweet from Jack Dorsey, the founder and former CEO of Twitter. Put this up. This is fascinating. And you alluded to this earlier, Dr. Paul. Jack said, the days of Usenet, IRC in the web, even email with PGP were amazing. Centralizing discovery and identity into corporations really damaged the internet. I realize I'm partially to blame and regret it. I, I like to see yeah, this because, yeah. uh, you know, I had experience in campaigning. Uh, and sometimes it was very predictable. If you had a, um, a conservative uh, in the presidential campaign, if you had a conservative commentator interviewing you, you can expect easy questions and sometimes I didn't like those because it looked like they were spoon feeding you. Then you'd have the radical left, all they want to do is is ridicule and, and, uh, and make fun of everything. But uh, every once in a while, there's somebody that, uh, uh, you know, will be straightforward. And the one, that, the one episode I enjoyed the most, who, who changed his mind, and that was Bill Maher. Yeah. And I'll bet you some of the, the people who were supporting me in my campaign will remember the interview. Because the first time up, he really went after yeah. me. And uh, I, I think he, in his mind, he was talking to, uh, a, you know, a, 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 a hawkish Republican yeah. pro-war person and here it turned out within a week or so he read about what I was doing in Congress trying to prevent the war from starting the next week he had me on again almost like very apologetic yeah, he, yeah. he says last week I did this but this week Ron Paul's my hero yeah, yeah. so but but not many people will do that no. and now he's he's speaking out again he said this wokeism has gone too far but I still believe that he has the instincts of a progressive, especially that part of the progressives that are well motivated to try to help people and might be misled on a few economic matters. Yeah, the part that we like about the, the, the liberals and the progressives. Well, I'm going to close out with a couple comments. There you go. The first one, we had talked about it. I'm fascinated by the results of the Hungarian elections over the weekend. As you know, the leading party, they ran on a platform of anti-war. We don't want to get involved, whereas Poland is pushing us <coughs> toward World War III. Orban in Hungary said, we are not going to get involved. We will not allow uh, weapons to transship through our territory. And we don't want any part of this war on either side. We want to stay neutral. Uh, they were expected to be routed by some because of this. And in fact, they won a supermajority in parliament. So the people voted uh, for the anti-war position. 
Uh, and I think that's fascinating. It'll be interesting to watch. The people in Brussels are furious uh, about this. But the last one is for our viewers. This is a save the date notice. You're hearing it here first, uh, which is save the date June 4th of this year. Uh, the Ron Paul Institute will be holding its next, con next conference. It'll be in the Houston area. We'll have more details soon. The topic is about foreign policy. It's about the changing geopolitical situation uh, in the context of the, of the war in Ukraine and Russia. I have some great speakers, including someone who's physically right close to me right now. Uh, it's going to be a great conference. Houston, June 4th. There will be a limited number of tickets. It will be a smaller than our Washington conference. We'll be sure to let you know in advance, but get that calendar out and mark June 4th in Houston. Dr. Paul? Very good. You know, I want to talk a little bit about the uh, frustration at times of trying to get the real facts. And uh, if, you, if you depend on the usual sources, and I have to use those to some degree, whether it's television or the Internet or whatever or individuals, but to find out exactly what's happening, uh, you know, in this fight between Russia and NATO. And uh, all of a sudden, you, you know, you get two sides and they're pretty precise, even though like the Republican Party might be split on it. You know, I don't know exactly really what's happening there. I can make assumptions, but I think there's a way to go before we uh, we'll find out the final thing because we're told you know, we're told by the pro-Ukrainian people, oh, the Russia, the Russians are being defeated. They're retreating and they're running off. And, uh, and there's there's evidence that I, they, they show the pictures to show to verify what they're saying. But there's nothing that says that they are, you know, stating the truth. And and it goes on. But the one thing is, is the absence, once again, you know, like the absence of telling the truth about uh, natural immunity is the is the truth about how did this thing get started? And I got into trouble once by saying, why? Why do they do this? Don't, don't you have to think back? And, of course, we have emphasized so much thinking back to the uh, 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 to 2014 when uh, we believe a big incident happened because United States and NATO uh, colluded in, in a coup that we're suffering from ever since, and the war is a consequence of that. And yet, all, all it is is uh, automatic, total, and perfect hatred toward Russia. And I'm not exactly comfortable by, by saying I'm going to endorse everything Russia does because, you know, they're no more perfect. But I know we're imperfect, and I know the role that we played in, and I know the responsibility of an American citizen. You ought to try to point out the problems our own government's having, especially if you're in politics. You shouldn't go along with this. But, you know, when there's a vote in Congress, you might only get one or two or say, oh, you know, we shouldn't have uh, participated in that coup. That was, that was one of the biggest reasons why NATO now is in a war with Russia, and it's getting very dangerous. So it's, uh, it, it's, uh, it's difficult, but uh, eventually, just like we finally heard the truth come out and people are starting to realize the truth about natural immunity, and uh, I think that is great. And you hear on occasion a few progressive Democrats. We had, uh, you know, some members of Congress who switched in the middle of leading up to the war in Iraq and the stuff going on in Afghanistan. So it does happen. People will change. 
But I think that is the goal and the challenge of all of us who happen to believe in a different foreign policy and a different economic policy. The one thing for sure, it can't be done with more aggressive. You can't compete with them. You can't compete with their guns. You can't compete with yelling and shouting. And really, ultimately, you can't compete with just political power and money-making by the special interest. Eventually, it has to boil down to doing our very best our very best in gaining and understanding the real truth of the matter and pass that on to the American people so they can make a better choice in picking the type of foreign policy that we want and the kind of members of Congress that we want at the same time having people be more open-minded, uh, you know, about, uh, you know, our foreign policy. And Bill Maher did the difference. He thought, I thought one thing, he was apologetic and he changed. That just doesn't happen along. So he's in the news mainly to get bashed, you know, by by the progressive who thinks he deserted him. And here he is sort of being independent-minded and setting a standard that they ought to at least look at and consider. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today to the Liberty Report. Please come back soon.